0: thank you lord i had a word and i wrote it down this morning and i'm going to read it out it will not be by your own sword and it will not be by your own strength set yourself today hold your peace you will see that the lord is with you he fights for you himself to save you from your enemies amen amen I'm going to read the word that my husband is going to preach today if you'd like to remain standing. And if you'd like to turn to the Gospel of Luke, and I'm reading from chapter 2, verse 8. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night... Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the same which was told them concerning this child. And all those heard it, marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Amen.
1: Amen. Be seated. What a wonderful word. Father, we just thank you for your word. And Lord, we ask that this word would come. And it would enter the hearts of everyone here, Lord. And Father, those that need to be saved, it would save them. Those that need to be encouraged, it would encourage them. Those that need to be healed, it would heal them. Those that need to be redirected, it would direct them. Father God, we ask this morning that you would speak deeply into the hearts. We ask that your word would penetrate hearts that are hard. Father God, that your will To save, to heal, to deliver all, to redeem each and every person listening, to enlighten us to the truth of your word. Do it this morning, Lord, for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. It's a wonderful passage, it's one of my favorite um, passages, we're preaching a little bit about Christmas, even before Christmas. And I uh, and I love this because the passage. Because I, I'm always fascinated who misses out on visitations in the Christmas narratives in the Bible. That, that it is shepherds who are visited. Jesus comes not to be born in a five-star hotel, but he comes to be born in a, a manger, a place for animals. There's no room for him in the inn. And it just always reminds me how God's heart is so much for the least and the lowest because in this this, this passage, shepherds, you've got to understand, they were, they were considered low people, very the lowest class in society. They were despised by many people. Uh, there, was, there were times when the shepherds uh, were not able to participate in just regular communal life because they were considered almost like lepers. And these shepherds, they're, they're just not normal shepherds also. These are Levitical shepherds. These are, they were keeping the sheep, the sheep that were kept in the fields of Bethlehem. Those sheep were special sheep. They were the sheep that were going to be offered in the temple. So these shepherds weren't just normal shepherds. They were Levitical shepherds, but they're also, as I said, they're actually the lowest of the low. And isn't it amazing? God chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And, and, and here he is. These shepherds are minding their business, minding their sheep in the field. And this angel, which I believe is Gabriel, turns up with a message. And it says the, they, the angel of the Lord stood before them and he stood before them, and glory shone all around them. And then they were greatly afraid. And he had this message, "'Don't be afraid, but behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which we will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city a st- of David a Saviour who is Christ.'" The Lord, and this will be the sign to you: you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And it says, as soon as they he, this angel pronounced that message, there was a million uh, angels appeared in the skies, praising God, saying, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace towards peace, goodwill towards men." So this is this is as soon as the the announcement of Gabriel is made, heaven is reacting. And heaven is reacting and heaven is praising and heaven is shouting. I'm always amazed that in this passage you see all the angels shouting about what heaven's doing. And they're not the beneficiaries. Often in church, you can't get anyone to shout and you are the beneficiary about what heaven is doing. But There they, there they are. And, uh, but they are shouting because at this time... You know, this is, this is a time in history where angels who are seeing into the eternal, angels who are outside of time, they can see all of humanity since Adam fallen in their sin, marching towards a certain judgment, an eternal judgment, without any other hope. And this is the moment that was prophesied by the pro- all the prophets, that there would come in time where God himself would step in to human history. That God himself would step in and save all of humanity, which is marching towards that certain judgment. This is a time where God himself would step in. And heaven is exploding because it's such a glorious event. It's such a glory. This is a time where God himself was not only stepping in to save us from that certain judgment, but God himself was stepping into human history and making himself approachable. Hallelujah, someone's happy today. Making himself approachable. And the angels proclaim glory to God in the highest on earth, peace towards men, because it's also the time where through the giving of this babe who would die on the cross, Christ, he became the one who would establish peace. Not the absence of conflict, but a deep inner peace in the hearts of all men and women that we've longed for, that we crave for, that we look for, that the world can't give us. But finally, God was moving from heaven, glory to God in the highest, and on earth towards earth. Peace was coming towards men. So this is a time, it's extraordinary The angels can see it, that God himself, he could have erased us because of our sin, but instead of that, he is stooping. He is stooping and he is going to become sin for us that we could become the righteousness of God. God was coming down in order that ultimately we could come up to him. And all the angels are exploding with praise about what God is doing. They're exploding because this is the, this is the, uh, the, the event that all of humanity and human history has waited for. All the prophets have looked towards, all of, all of, uh, all of humanity needs. Here they are. I think it's ironic because at this time, I always think the person at the moment who needs this revelation and this visitation is Mary. Because Mary has a word, but she's got no place for her word. She's walking, and she comes to uh, what she thinks a a place where she's going to give birth, and they say, there's no room for you here. And if anyone needs a word, it is Mary. She's about to have her legs in stirrups giving birth in a stable. But it's not. It's the the shepherds who receive this visitation and the revelation. And I often think, why did God... Come to shepherds, apart from their lowliness, apart from their, their weakness, their social low status. Why did he come? And the angel comes and says, the Savior is going to be born. Go into Bethlehem and see him. And of course, when they went into Jerusalem, they saw the one Revelation thirteen three says, is the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. And these shepherds were the ones who were given the privilege of seeing the lamb slain for all humanity, for all our sin, before the foundation of the world. I find it amazing. these shepherds and they say to this these shepherds it's It's good news of great joy. And and I want to speak today about why the Christmas story isn't about gifts and it isn't about all the things the world makes it. But it really is, the coming of Christ really is a cosmic event which all of heaven celebrates. and, And it's meant to bring us not happiness, which is temporal and temporary, but this experience the only Holy Spirit can give you. It's meant to bring joy. It's good news of great joy. And, And one of the reasons I think is really interesting, it says here, the shepherds were in the field. And the shepherds go to see the lamb that was slain. And the lamb that was slain was also The good shepherd. Jesus Christ is the shepherd of his flock. And we have an adversary and the shepherds would have been aware of predators and adversaries that come against the sheep. But the sheep always feel comforted when the shepherd is in the field. He didn't, he couldn't redeem us from heaven from the wolf and from satan and from the kingdom of darkness so the shepherd came into the field in that wonderful news isn't that extraordinary news psalm 23 says the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures, And it goes on to say, Surely in goodness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever because the shepherd came into the field. Hallelujah. He didn't have to, but the shepherd came into the field. Lay down his life for the sheep. Never get tired of the basics of the gospel. Every time, we as his sheep, we as his, we are sheep. And the Bible says all the sheep have, uh, Isaiah 54 said, says that all like sheep have gone astray. And we continue to go astray, but we are never destroyed because the shepherd has come into the field. Hallelujah. But this passage is, I it's actually about joy because the shepherd's in the field, but it's also about joy and it teaches us the, the foundation or the source of all joy. And if you're maybe online or you're here today and you lack joy, I want to speak about the source of joy. And in this passage, you see the shepherds are minding their business, they're tending their sheep. Gabriel turns up and announces the words. Don't be afraid, I bring you good news of great, great joy to all people, not just some, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. Now, I praise God for angels, and I praise God, I've actually had an encounter when I was overseas, and I saw an angel, I saw many angels, but like, just for a split second. But most of us, and most of the time, We are not visited by angels. This is the announcement. This is historical announcement where heaven stepped in and Gabriel came to announce the coming of God's Christ, the Messiah. And he says, the coming of Christ, he says, in this day, a Savior who is Christ, that means the Messiah. So we know Jesus is the Messiah and Lord. So Jesus is the Messiah. He's also God and he's also Savior. That's what the 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 angel announced to the angel, which gave them great joy. But as I said, we don't have angels coming to announce that to us personally today. What we have are people like myself. We have preachers. Preachers come with the same message, and preachers or teachers, and, and it doesn't. You don't have to be a professional preacher. You can be a preacher. You can just share the gospel with somebody else, but what is the source of great joy is, is when people preach and proclaim this message. It is the message. It is the gospel message, which is the source of all joy. And it begins like this: that the angel comes and says, "It's good news of great joy, and it begins, and he speaks about a savior, a savior. Somebody's happy that we have a saviour because that's who Christ is. He is a saviour and the source of our joy is receiving a saviour. Say, why do I need a saviour and what do I need to be saved from? Matthew one twenty one says the the angel came to Mary and says you'll call his name Jesus because this means the one who saves us from our sins. And what we're hearing a lot at the moment in the world is is how much danger we're in, and it's all nonsense, it's all lies because of the climate, and because of the pestilence, and because of this and because of that. And what the the gospel of the world is, that we are in great danger, we are in great danger from perishing, and you need to look to the government, who will give you an electric bite and a vaccine, and you'll be saved. But the reality is, the true danger to humanity is sin. uh, Sin is what is the true danger and what the the world doesn't want to talk about. But sin is the great danger to humanity. And as soon as sin came into Adam, you see in the very next chapter, you see Cain murdering Abel. And the reason for wars, the reason for murder, the reason for everything that's wrong, every rape and every wrongdoing in the world has got nothing to do with what the government's telling you. It's got to do with sin in the human heart. And the problem is, it's in you and it's in me. It's no use railing about Putin and all the other people. Sin is in me. It wrecks my relationships. And the problem is, we have a holy God who we serve who is perfect in love and righteousness and the Bible says he cannot look upon sin and Isaiah 59.2 says because of our sins we are separated from God and you and I unless our sins are dealt with we will be separated from God for eternity and instead of spending eternity in heaven we'll spend it in hell because of our sin. That's the problem. But the Bible says, Jesus will save us from our sins. He will save us from our sins. And it's really important to realize this. The uniqueness of Christ and why the angels rejoice is because there's many, many religions in the world, but not one of them deal with the real issue, which is sin. But Christ came into the world. He born in a, in, a, in a manger to die on a cross. He was born to die for our sin. That's why he came. He was born to die for our sin. And no other faith, not Buddha, not Muhammad, not all the Hindu gods, have, has a solution to the real problem, which is sin. And every other religion says this, they say this, they say, yes, we are, there is a God who is holy, who is righteous, they are pure, they know that much, and they say, yes, we need to get on his right side because we do sin, and they say, yes, the way to get on his right side is to do works of of charity, works of goodness, and they work, and they work, and they work, and it's like this. Our sin, because the Bible says that the Bible, what word of God says the wages of sin is death. So it's like we've all, ever since Adam, we've all come off the Titanic and we're drowning, we're dying because we sin. And every other religion in the world is like we're in that water drowning. And 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 every other religion says, paddle like crazy. Paddle like crazy. And we paddle like crazy doing good work. We paddle like crazy doing work. But Christianity is the only reason where God looks at you drowning in your sin and he throws you a lifeboat, and that lifeboat is Christ. Yeah. He is a savior, and all we need to do is receive him and get in Christ. That's why the angels celebrated. Because everything else failed. Everything failed throughout history until Christ was given the one who saves us from our sin. That's why it says it's not we are saved, not by we are saved by faith, lest any man boast. Not by works are we saved. So they came and they heard this message. And it's interesting, when they heard the message from the angels, we hear it from a preacher. They didn't pontificate about it, they didn't debate about it, they didn't consider it, and then go back to their sheep. Verse 15 says, they believed it. Let us now go because of what was told us. So, in order to receive this joy, you must believe the message that Christ is our Savior. He can save you, not only from the consequence of your sin, but from the power of your sin. He can change your life, He can stop you ruining your relationships because He died to totally remove your sin from the east, from the west. But you need to not only understand that, you don't only need to consider that, you need to believe it and act on it. And interestingly, what they chose to do, they heard the message, they believed the message, they did not doubt the message, and they said, let us now go to Bethlehem And see this thing, verse 17 says, Now when they had seen this thing, they made made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. So they received the message. They believed the messenger. But then this is really, really important. Maybe you will have a divine encounter with an angel. Or maybe you'll just have a supernatural experience where, like these shepherds were, they're awakened by a supernatural encounter. And that still happens today. But a supernatural encounter is never complete unless it doesn't lead to a supernatural seeking. See, they are awakened and they receive revelation from the message. They believed it. But then, when they were told about the Christ, they immediately decided to pursue the Christ. And they immediately decided to go and pursue an encounter with this Christ for themselves. They immediately decided to go and seek a personal audience with the one who we sang about today, who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because Christianity is not about facts to be learned. It's not about things to be studied. Christianity is about a savior who comes from heaven to earth, who makes peace with you on God's behalf and who wants to have a relationship with you. It is a love affair. It is an intense love affair where we seek his face, where we seek to know him, where we seek to personally encounter him. And when you do that, there's something that wonderful happens. 2 Corinthians describes it. It speaks about how unbelievers, until we have that encounter, our hearts are blinded. They are veiled. But it says, But even if the gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds of the God of this age is blinded, and do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God, should shine on them. For it is the Son of God, who it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who is shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. What happens when you go and seek, and when these shepherds went to go and seek God's Savior, when they went and seek an encounter with Jesus Christ themselves, something happened in their dark heart. The darkness of their heart was displaced by the light of God that came into our hearts. And then in that experience, we see the knowledge of the glory of God in Christ Jesus. Until you have that experience, Christ is just a man. But when we go and seek him to ourselves... We, and we really want to find it. We want to encounter Christ. We believe the message, but we go and seek the one, a personal relationship, the one who the message is about. This, it says, God commands light to shine out of the darkness of our hearts. And we can see the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of the life. This is about a, a life-changing spiritual experience that happens to people who actually come to not just know about, but to know Christ through personal experience. They went to see Him. They went to encounter Him, and they'll change forever. And there are many people who lack joy because they have believed intellectually the message. They may have even received the message by revelation, But they've never gone to that next place where they go and they established a lifestyle of pursuing. Pursuing personal relationships, personally encounter with Jesus Christ. Because he is alive, he is living. The curtain has been torn. God has made himself accessible and available to it. And he desires to be sought by men. Hebrews 11 tells us without faith it's impossible to believe God but he rewards those who diligently seek him. Maybe if you lack joy maybe you've heard the gospel maybe you've understood the gospel but you've never come into the face where you say I want to get into that, that place that prayer closet where I actually seek a personal encounter with, the, with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. And you know the evidence you've had that encounter? I tell you the evidence that you've had the encounter and you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. You've been born again. You've had that life-changing spiritual experience which these shepherds had. I tell you what happened. As soon as they had seen him, they made widely known. And it says, all those who heard it marvel at the things which were told them by the shepherds. And then it says, in the end, then the shepherds returned to their jobs, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. If, you, if you've actually had that, life in, uh, that life-changing spiritual experience, born-again experience with the person, the living person, the, 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 the living Jesus Christ. It is so precious, and the change is so dramatic... And you so clearly see they saw him. You see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ that no one else can see. When you see that, you cannot help but tell people what you've experienced and seen. Nobody has to tell you to pick up a tract and evangelize. You just open your mouth and you speak out of what you've experienced. You, everyone speaks out of what their heart is full of. And this is what we need to do. And you come into church and you glorify and you praise God because your heart is full of that experience. And this is what we need. When we, hear, when we read these Christmas narratives, it's really important we don't confine them to historical stories and seasonal religious hearings. <coughs> But we've actually got to say, it's very important. Angel said, it's good news, of great joy. It's very important that I know and I experience that joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And in this day and age, life is going to get harder and darker and you need the strength that comes from the joy of the Lord. Where does the joy come from? It's the knowledge that the shepherd has entered the field. He has entered the field to destroy the works of the wolf. And that knowledge comes from the fact that he has sent, God has sent Christ, the one who saves us from our sins. Our joy comes when we believe that message, when we receive that message. We don't just stop there we actually go on and seek to know him. We go on to seek to encounter him. We go on to seek his face, to hear words, to see fresh, get fresh revelations from him daily. And as we do that, your heart will continue to be changed from one measure of glory to the other and you will want to tell people. And I just want to finish. I don't want to preach long today. We've got a message tonight. I I just want to ask you, have you, have you got that joy today? Have you, have you got that joy? Because you, it's really important you do have that joy, that your heart is full because of Christ, because there are so many people that it's Christmas. I, I've been a pastor long enough. Christmas is a time, everyone says it's a time of great festivity and Christ. It's a time of great depression. So many people are, uh, at this time have become so aware of their loneliness, of their pain, of their isolation, And they need somebody to come and tell them the message. You don't have to be a theologically trained preacher to come and bring them this wonderful message of Christ. But the only way we actually really bring that message of Christ is if we are living that love affair relationship with Christ where you actually want to seek him. You want to spend time with him. And you want to tell others about how he's changed you and continues to change you. That's what happened with these shepherds. It was an awakening that led to a seeking. Have you been awakened? You could be in church your whole life, but not be spiritually awakened, not be born again. Have you had the awakening experience? I'm going to pray for you if you haven't. But if you have, are you still seeking him? Are you still seeking to see deeper and deeper wonders in the person of Jesus Christ? Are you still going and running to your prayer closet because you love him? If not, then you too need to be revived. You need to be freshly awakened. And you need to tell if that is you and you are revived, you are awakened, you are having that wonderful love affair with Jesus Christ, open your mouth this, year, this Christmas. They made it widely known. They made it widely known. Get on Facebook, get on internet, tell everybody what Jesus Christ really, who he really is, what he's really done for your life. Make him widely known that he alone is the Savior, He alone is the one that can deal with a real issue, which is sin. Make it widely known how he's removed your sin as far as the east is from the west. How he saved you, turned your life around. Make it widely known there's no one like him this Christmas. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's rejoice because the shepherd is in the field. Father God, I want to bless you and praise you that you didn't have to. You could have stayed far off, but you could not redeem us from heaven. You stepped into the field you stepped into the field because we are all like sheep that have gone astray and you came as the great high shepherd. You saved us, you laid down your life for your flock. You lay on that cross for every lost sheep and you rose again in victory and you continue to lead us, you continue to guide us. Surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of the our life, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord because of you, our shepherd. And we want to bless you. We want to praise you. I ask today, Lord, if there's people here today that have heard the message but have never really, never truly met the one the message is about, if, that ne- if you need to have that encounter, you just raise your hands to heaven right now. Just between you and God, not you and me. And just say, God, I don't want to know about you. I want to know you. I want you to come into my life. I want you to reveal yourself. I want to know you. Maybe you do know him, but you've stopped seeking him. I want to pray for you today. I ask, Father God, those people who have gone off the boil, and you know you're off the boil, It's not a time to be off the boil because Christ is coming soon. I'm asking today that you will revive those people, Lord. Uh, Father God, you'll give them a fresh passion. You'll impart to their hearts today, Lord, a fresh desire that you in your mercy and your goodness will just impart to it, Lord, where the heart has grown cold and stony. Father God, you'll revive that heart and cause us to come and seek you again in the secret place that we may meet with you We may come into that place where we experience your love for us. We may continue to seek you because of the wonderful change that is ongoing in our lives. Father, revive that person today. And those that are revived, Father God, open our mouths to tell. Give us the boldness to just tell. To make the Christ, the inimitable Christ, widely known this Christmas for your glory. We give you all the honor. Give you all the praise that you have stepped into our field. In Jesus' name. Amen. Stand up and praise Him. Just stand up and praise Him for Jesus. Amen.
2: i I need you, will provide for me. My heart is to seek for.
1: said to the shepherds in the field, now there's a word for somebody here today, was do not be afraid. And I believe there is someone here in the church today. you're afraid. You don't have the provision you need. You're afraid what's gonna happen in 2023. You hear all the news reports. You're afraid maybe sickness is gonna devour you. You're afraid maybe something's gonna take your life. And the word of God to you today, the word God has for me is do not be afraid. The shepherd has come into the field. Do not be afraid. Your shepherd is in your field. Do not be afraid. Because of your shepherd, you shall none know what. Receive the word. Because of your shepherd, every wolf will be driven away in 2023. Because of your shepherd, goodness and mercy will follow you all of your days in 2023. Because of your shepherd, you will walk through the valley of darkness. But you will fear not because he will never leave you. Your shepherd has come into your field. Rejoice and praise him in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah.
2: Seen you move mountains before, Lord. And for anyone that is working here today in fear for what is ahead, Lord, we reflect on the goodness, the evidence, Lord, of your love, Lord. We stand firm, Lord, this morning, Lord. We know you are in control. We know you will make a way when there often seems no way. You are the God of miracles.
1: Lord. Then appeal this year, every year, Jesus came to set the captives free. There's something we do as a church every year. We, we Our heart is in the nation of Pakistan because God's opened a door for us to minister there. And we know of people, but also pastors who have fallen this year into poverty and they're in, uh, they're working in brick kilns as slaves and their family are enslaved and their children will be paying their debts for another generation. But for $1,600, we can redeem a slave. So we're just making a special appeal this Christmas because we have so much as a nation that we, Jesus came to set captives free. The most Christmas thing we could do is to liberate one of those slaves. So if you would like to give towards that appeal, I just encourage you, this Christmas, make a difference, redeem a slave. Amen? Amen,
2: let's praise him all throughout my history.